Hopefully we won't forget what we talk about today. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And we are here recording on a Wednesday again. And hopefully we'll publish on a Wednesday that is not next Wednesday. Yeah, I think, um, uh, we you know. It's... But you know what? <laughs> Everybody out there got a Wednesday episode two That's right. weeks in a row. So I'm okay with this. I I agree. Yeah. And, you know. So, so it's okay. <laughs> it was just like two weeks ago that we had a little week break. But we'll just get this published today and then everybody will get a bonus episode, which Yay. will be incredible and amazing and awesome. Yeah. And we leave the studio and then we have lives. So we, jobs. <laughs> we just yeah. forget to like put in all the notes. And so thank oh. you guys for listening and sending in comments. We have a few and comments. Questions. Yeah. And questions yeah. we're going to cover today. And So I thought that we would kick it off talking about the two metrics that I wear. So I wear both an aura ring, um, mostly only at night. Sometimes I wear it all day, depending. And I wear my Garmin, like, 24-7. Um, like, as you wear your Garmin 24-7. Yeah. They are, like, my skin is so white under my Garmin. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about they're both daily health metric recorders. The Garmin has a lot more, obviously, functionality for tracking activity. However, the, right. the Oura Ring actually has a lot of that, too. It's that functionality is just built into the app. But the question that we got was specifically about um, about comparing HRV, sleep, training readiness. And I've got to tell you, I've looked at the overall trends. Well, the numbers are completely different. The trends are all the same. I would say the aura can probably predict with a little bit more like clarity when you're about to be exhausted. <laughs> and this is because the Garmin takes your resting heart rate from the previous, your average resting heart rate from the previous 24 hours, whereas aura takes it in that moment. And so it's going to alert you a little quicker. So when you start to start to become ill, one of the things is your resting heart rate will uh, will adjust right away, kind of as a warning sign. And if Garmin is still saying your resting heart rate from yesterday is your resting heart rate today, you're not going to get that warning sign. I don't think it's like a matter of days. I think it's a matter of 12 hours difference. Yeah. So the long story long is there's no reason to have both <laughs> if you're only – um, focused on like your fitness and your training, the one benefit of the Aura Ring, and this is why I got it, was it works with the Natural Cycles app to as daily temperature um, for ovulation tracking and things like that. And I always wanted to track my temperature, and um, but couldn't because I wake up at inconsistent times and I also have ADHD and I would forget to take my forget to forget, <laughs> and I. <clears throat> I had tried using an Ava bracelet before, but again, like putting something else on a different wrist, it didn't feel comfortable. I had thought about getting something called a temp drop, and I just thought, well, the Aura Ring, if it gives some more like health metrics, like the Garmin doesn't give, it might be kind of interesting to have. But the fact of the matter is they're packaged slightly differently, but your readiness score is your body battery. <laughs> they're very, very, very similar. Um, or the function of them is very similar. I don't think it's necessarily, and I really hope that didn't cause static feedback, but that cord was really bothering me. Um, <laughs> I don't think that it's necessarily 
uh, like one is better than the other or one's data is better, is that much better than the other? And even compared to something like the Whoop, because I read like two articles about this last night, I think you're going to get overall the same, like the same data. I don't think any one of these things is alerting you to something that the others aren't. It just might be, you might get a little bit of a notice that your heart rate is dropping. Um, yeah, like that your resting heart rate is dropping a little sooner on something else. But specifically with HRV, Aura flattens out the trend a little bit more. So that can be a little bit helpful so that you're not freaking out over one bad night. One, because this is so linked to your sleep quality. Mm -hmm. So, so, so linked to your sleep quality. One bad low reading means nothing. Four in a week means something. Like a trend of it dropping means something. But even when you're looking, like that's why Garmin has the seven day has the seven day night, average. Yeah. That matters way more than the ups and downs of the nights. So you've got to look at that flat average. Now, again, though, that flat average might be might be artificially high if you've seen three drops in a row. So start to pay attention to that. Yeah, and or the like for me right now, my HRV is if I just look at my watch really quickly at the at that um, screen, that home screen, it says that it's low and it's you know and it's like oh no, what's going on? But then when I go into the detail, I see that although I did have a drop last week and it was yeah a few nights in a row where it was getting worse, it's actually gone up into where now you know I'm on the other side of it, and so it's better to look at that seven day and seven night trend versus trying to like uh, worry about that single day yeah and then and then just remember like if you are still in a low cycle let's say you trended low for a couple for three or four days and that dropped your whole metric average and then you're starting to feel better you don't you don't want to look at oh well I had last night I was up 40 points or 20 points I'm good now you're not cumulative fatigue requires cumulative recovery and so you can't just go right back to burning the candle at both ends you've got Mm -hmm. to take your recovery is is just as important as your training in your training recovery is part of training um and so and remember like resting heart rate like your readiness score is in on the aura ring is all based on resting heart rate yeah i mean almost all of it because my resting heart rate is now up quite a lot and uh yeah and everything is telling me, you're tired. Your body battery stinks. You're like, you're tired. So, yeah, it is just is what it is. Yeah, and so that question uh, was for Karen, who had reached out about it. And, you know, especially, it was specifically because we talked about POTS. And yeah. so that was why, I guess, maybe that's why she has both the Garmin and the Aura. And maybe that's why she wants that Yeah, feedback. you can want but, a lot of data. And I would actually say, if you've got any dysautotomnia, like, I think that's how you say it where you've got like POTS or orthostatic intolerance or things like that, um, just remember like fueling is really important. Fitness is really important. So really, even on those days that you have super low energy, you've got to get out and you've got to work the, work your heart, even if it's just a walk because like, and this study will always sit with me about POTS being Grinch syndrome and the heart is too small. And once like these, this doctor in, in Texas conditioned girls with POTS, and it, it does primarily affect women and girls, They their symptoms did start to get better. And that's something I also noticed with myself when I get sick, 
three or four days having the flu and I am way more deconditioned aerobically than somebody else because for three or four days with the flu, I can't move. Like I am like, there is no push through a cold. Like I remember actually thinking that when we were training back in 2018, um, yeah, 2018, we went out for a run. It was after Marine Corps, and you were getting ready for Philly, and we went out. You were doing mile repeats, and I was going to do them with you, and I had just a head cold. That's right. And yeah. I made it four miles yeah. and had to walk back, whereas Naomi trained the entire cycle with a head cold. She ran a marathon with a <laughs> yeah, head cold. Yeah, in Chicago, like, sick. You know, and-, and I'm like, I'm sick. No, I have to go home. I have couch mode. That's all I have. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, so to answer that, I mean, to wrap that up, it's – Really, you know, basically if you have both, if you have both the aura and the Garmin and, you know, what's important is that to look at the overall trends and that both of them, just pick the one that makes you feel better because they are both going to be giving you kind of the same accuracy, even though you might have a higher or lower on one or the other. Yeah, Garmin is always going to give you a higher HRV uh, in comparison to Garmin. Hers has the other way around. Really? So her sleep and everything is is lower on her Garmin than it is on her aura. Or her HRV, so, I'm sorry, her HRV is higher in Garmin, but yeah. her sleep is lower so, in Garmin. Yep. And that's that's how mine is too. My um my HRV number in Garmin is higher. is much higher. And the studies that I read, like the articles that I read, said that Garmin's HRV scores are a lot higher. It's quite a bit, about 20% higher than both Whoop and Aura. Oh, so yeah. maybe... But it doesn't matter because right. the number has no significance. It's all the trend. But it's, so maybe the Aura and the Whoop are technically more accurate. But again, like that's not what matters. That number is not right. what matters. But if you're comparing apples and oranges because your friend has a Whoop or like, and you have a Garmin, then yeah. that's why... You or know. like when you're comparing even with yourself. Right. Like just look at the trends. Like my trend line... Uh, the way that it curves, like the curve of the line is exactly the same or very close on both. And, you know, it's funny, actually, recently my sleep has not been very good. And my bot, my readiness score has been very low for me. Like usually on Aura, I can actually get 99 and 100 readiness. In Garmin, I can never get higher than like an 80 something in sleep. Like mm-hmm. an eighty six for sleep is like it's great. It's like hundred amazing for, you. for me. Yeah, and like even a hundred body battery, like I very rarely get that. And so it's just about knowing what's normal for you, and knowing when when you have an outlier, when you have something that is bad for you. So, right. So I hope and, that answers the question. Yeah. That all of these things. And here's the thing: if everything's telling you that you're ready, and that you had great sleep or whatever, and you're tired, take a nap. <laughs> if yeah. everything is telling you you're exhausted, but you feel great, maybe don't listen yep. to it. Maybe go with how you're feeling how you feel. and maybe just have it in the back of your mind. If you feel great leaving, but then your workout is feeling hard, go, well, I should, maybe I should have listened a little bit, right? But if you're feeling great and you're flying, go for it. I've got to tell you, there's so many days where everything says, you know, I didn't sleep well. I didn't. Like, all my tech metrics are saying, nope, this isn't going to be good. And I get out there, and I just have a great run. Like, that's just, That's just like race day, you know? You might have a terrible night sleep the night before the race. And you go out there, and you have, obviously, an amazing day. And, and, 
a wonderful race and PR I don't or whatever know else. what it is today, especially. And we will someday get you the videos of all of our podcasts. But today you are looking like that actress. So oh. much today. Oh, from um, yeah. Single from Drunk Female. Single Drunk Female. <laughs> cool. She's in other stuff. She was in yes. the Mick. She was in the Mick as like a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember. Oh, um, Sophia. Sophia Black. Uh, Della Black or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, Naomi looks just like her. <laughs> Thanks. Like <laughs> an older version. Thanks. No, not even an older <laughs> version. She just like, yeah, you guys look, you look so, so much funny. alike. She's your doppelganger. I love <laughs> yeah. it. So, um, well, that I think that was a good, there was actually a couple questions that were good um, that we could t- tack on to that. So one was that I saw in the in um, the Marine Corps group was about what to do on your recovery days. And like oh, yeah. they were looking for like ways to, you know, do some active recovery, it sounds like. They, okay. you know, they don't want to just be a couch potato. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I know we've talked about this before, yeah. but we obviously, you know, long walks or walks. Long walks and walking. You can always walk. Walking will not derail you unless you've got some kind of lower leg or foot or hip, even, like, if you've got something that's bothering you while running or affecting your walking gait, like, walking's not going to be a good option for you, Um, but as long as you're healthy, like, feet, legs, ankles, hips, knees, um, walking is fantastic. Get get walking. Swimming is great for active recovery. Um, Again, it's not going to be one of those things. You can't push it. Just remember that you should be taking a full rest day at least one every Mm -hmm. seven to 10 days. We are big believers in probably more like one every five days. Um, Like we're not big believers in the 10 day side of this and like push through. Like we're big believers in more rest. But then again, we're also getting 10,000 steps on rest days. You know, rest days should not be on like, you know, we're taking multiple rest days and getting those 10,000 steps. If you're doing a rest day only once every seven to 10 days, you really should be limiting yourself to 5,000 steps yeah. that day. You really do need a a real rest day. And I know that sounds like so little and like not a fit, fit person at all, but you need to be truly recovered. Yeah, if you're um, pushing hard on all your like six days a week. Yeah, something else you can do on a rest day on a recovery day um, for active recovery is go get a pedicure. <laughs> yeah. Um, like get, get a little massage, treat yourself to something. Um, I know people want fitness ideas. So well, swimming, walking. But that's um, what I think that... Spin your legs on a bike. Yeah, spin your legs on a bike, but not push. Yeah. Um, like and we really, use- honestly, you can do so much biking. You can right. even hard biking as long as you're getting good sleep, as long as, again, your sleep metrics are saying that you're recovering as long as you're not feeling exhausted and you're fueling well. And that's a big, important thing. You can add so much biking without really any risk. True. Um, Someone did tell me a long time ago, though, a track coach, a high school track coach said that he hated when his kids were doing triathlon because the muscles required in cycling and running are very different. Different. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it matters less in the marathon. But I think if you're looking at real true short speed, biking could be a bad thing. Derail. It could be a bad I thing think for sprinters. Because so I, you know, we've been adding biking and I've been, I've been noticing like, although I'm still using a lot of quad on the bike, which I'm trying to like get away from and, and work all the way around my legs. I'm out, my quads will be sore the rest of the day and sometimes the next morning. Right. And so I think that would derail me from yeah. if I were 
this like morning to have speed, to go like do 400s. my yeah if I had to go do 400 this morning I think that would be a problem because I'm still a little bit residually sore from a bike yesterday but so. doing like a pro- pace appropriate mile repeats for a marathon probably, probably would be yeah. okay whereas doing 400s for a 5k might you might get into that danger zone yeah, yeah I so I, agree. I don't think I think you're less risk for injury mm-hmm. but I think you still are at risk for maybe not hitting your paces yeah and for over exhaustion over yeah yeah because yeah. they're like to train for running you need to run to right. get faster at running, you have to run faster. And that is that is something that I think people forget, especially when they start doing to finish plans because there's no talk about paces. And this is a great segue into if you're running your long runs really slow, how in the world do you run pace yes. on race day? So we did have that question come up. Um, and this is a tough question because a lot of people feel like if I'm not practicing that pace for a long time, how will I ever be able to do it? And this is just where you have to trust your training. And this um, is Michelle who who said she ran 20 last weekend. It's her long run. So now she's getting the faith in the, you know, the distance. The distance is coming along. But it's and her first full. Her first full. So it's, you know, she okay, really should well, not have, Michelle, she should not have a time goal, first of it's all. It's your first full. This should, right, there is no time goal. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to take your your best recent half marathon. You're going to double it. You're going to add 30. Minutes. 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. You are then going to take that per mile pace. You're going to run the first half of your marathon at that pace. You are then allowed to speed up 10 seconds per mile faster for the last half have fun you will run a great time yeah if you go any faster in that first half you are going to slow down in the second half Mm -hmm. and you're going to be mad that you ever set a time goal for you're you're not gonna ever want to do another marathon so here's the thing like you're you ran your first 20 that's amazing Hopefully you did do it two minutes slower. Yes, not than your five k pace, but then your projected then what she marathon race pace, should be. Uh-huh. right? Yes, and then you're gonna take that marathon out as slow as those long runs. You're gonna take it out that slow for the first five miles. Then you're gonna go just a tiny bit faster. Still so manageable, so easy. You're gonna be like, I could do this forever, and you're gonna keep just getting a little slower. I mean, a little faster. And a little faster, but just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> and then at mile 20, you're going to be like, why the fuck did I sign up for this race? Yes. <laughs> I still have six miles to go, but you're, you're going to chug through it and you're <laughs> going to do it and you're going to be amazing. Yes. Um, everybody's first marathon sucks yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know anybody who crosses the finish line of their first marathon and is like, I want to do that. Or that again. was easy. Right. No. Everybody was like, is like, I can't believe I did that. Um, And I think the best way to cross is by going out really slow and then crossing that finish line going, I know I could do even better next time. I can't believe I did that and I know I could do better next time. I remember crossing the finish line of my first marathon and saying, I never want to run again ever, period, in my entire life. (laughs) I'm done. This is it. And then I had to walk up the hill from Roslyn to Courthouse to get to my hotel. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, it was awful. That's that's how you got to recover after Marine Corps walk a very, that's how I've always been. Yeah. Walk a very long way to get yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was very, very tough. I, but um, I'm not sure that I shared the story of the, oh, I can't, oh my gosh, I can't remember if, this must have been my 409. I remember I started kind of with the 430 group. Um, and I was running along and like even the 415 group was ahead of me. And I remember running along and about Rock Creek Parkway, I passed the 430 group, which is six, seven miles in. And then I remember at the mall, I passed the 415 group. And that was like running the race that way was just so incredible. Like, and I felt so strong and yeah. so great. And like, I still had a big slowdown. Um, it at the end, but, but know, it was my like third marathon. And yeah, the, my my last three miles were like 10 something. And then like my last mile was 11 something. <laughs> I, I don't know which year that was, but 2015 was the second, that was my second Marine Corps. 2013. Okay. Yeah. So 2015 is my second Marine Corps. And I had similarly, you know, gone into yeah. it without the expectations of trying to run fast. So yeah, I, you I were just trying to finish. I had a hamstring injury. Yeah. So I didn't know if I could run it at all. And so, yeah, we, Scott and I started together, my husband Scott, and we ran the first five miles, we ran 11-minute pace. And, like, that was slower than my entire race the year before. It was, like, I'd never run that slow in a race ever. Yeah, ever. Um, and then, yeah, and then I ended up, you know, picking it up to where I finished within three minutes of the prior year, which was around a 10 minute pace or 10 yeah because it was like a 426 or something like that yeah so see but by starting with and that was only my second marathon but it yeah. was like the first time I ever saw the benefit of slowing or yeah. starting way slower than you even think is possible yeah <laughs> now I know I can run way slower than that like I have yeah <laughs> that was back in the early days of not really knowing what I was doing I mean, so. all, all you got to do is add some walking. Exactly. And I mean, especially a lot of these races, it can get so, you can get so caught up with the excitement of it. Everybody starts races too fast. So you've got to just really take some breaths and stay in control. Um, that's actually one of my tips for people is everybody's like, oh, I want to start up front so that nope. I can like... <laughs> bank some time or so that I can get ahead. So, so I don't I get a, trapped in like between these groups of, but, you know, slower people or whatever. But the races all thin out. Like even the right. biggest races with the most people, they all thin out eventually. And you can get into a stride even when you're running further back. But here's the thing. When you're with the appropriate pace group, right, you're going to be with them. Like like the, the river flows. You're... If you're too, if you're slower than the people around you, you're kind of a blockage in the river. If you're faster, it's not as bad. It's easier to kind of like weave through than, and once you get to like your right spot, it just feels good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And, um, and, you know, I think we've, the second part of the marathon, and I think we've definitely talked about that, is when the race happens. And yeah. in every race, it's super it's super thin by that point. Right. I would say Marine Corps stays probably the most crowded of, I mean, I haven't done New York. But, like, Chicago is pretty open. They all thin out. Yeah, New York but does. But Marine Corps it, stays Except pretty, for certain parts of it. Marine Corps stays pretty crowded until about the bridge. Yeah. Like, through D.C., it's pretty crowded. Yeah. So it's, like, 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. And then it really starts to thin out. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
definitely, I personally love passing people. So I love to start kind of towards the back. So if I were going to go for a four hour, and this is just an arbitrary number, if I was going to go for a four hour at Marine Corps, I would probably start right behind the 415 group. And I would not want to pass them until Rock Creek, mm-hmm. which is seven-ish miles yeah. in. I think that's definitely the strategy you start with. Like seven, before seven, you really can't go too slow. Yeah. So, so. Um, actually, I want to circle back before we go to the next question. Yeah. One more thing that I was thinking about active recovery. Oh, yeah. I, so I really feel like that's, it's a flaw that people want to go do something too active. And so what I really love is that like, we got paddle boards. Yes. And we also sometimes do yoga now and like things yeah. like that, that take you away from, there's really no strain on you to go like stand up paddleboarding on a flat lake, yeah. um, ver, you know, or like do some gentle yoga. Those are, but they are still joyful movement. So whatever's going to give you that still, like you still need that joyful movement. I get it. Cause I feel like every day I need to move or like, you know, it just feels like I need yeah. something. And so something like you know, going stand up paddleboarding, I do not exert any energy or strain myself, but it gives me like that time outside and what I'm looking for that, you know, without actually derailing anything in my training. Yeah. And you know, with the walking, these don't have to, and with this cross training, I think sometimes it can feel, especially it can feel like an absence of like when you have a training partner and you're meeting them for your runs and you're meeting them for this and that, and then like on your off days, you're not seeing them, that can be like, like kind of you you miss that too. Yeah. So loop your training partner into your active recovery, do yoga together, even if it's not together together, like do the same class at the same time, like coordinate with what you're doing so that your rest is like recovery together. Like I'm, I just yeah. had this idea, maybe like text each other and watch the same movie. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you can do so, or, like it can be or like get together for a walk and or for lunch with your families or, um, you know, just right. It can be something that like I just want to break. I feel like that's something we had to do too. Is like break the mold of like, you know, yeah. oh, it's a beautiful day out. I want to go run or I want to go. Yeah, like, but yeah, go out and walk or go out and find some other way to like, you know. I don't recommend rollerblading. <laughs> I even love rollerblading and I got, no, I just, I love rollerblading and I remember like rollerblading during the pandemic with Lila and I was like a little, like I was scared to fall and I haven't been scared to fall on rollerblades like since I was a kid, but like, yeah. I, I like your center of gravity is a lot higher than when you're little, so falling well, is scarier. I, mean, I was 5'8 and 14. Oh, so. but falling is scarier. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, okay, yeah, so that was just, uh, I just wanted to circle back to that. Let's yeah, get some more of the questions. We have um, some questions from, from you know, Marine Corps training group. So oh. I got severely dehydrated yesterday during my long run. I had to take six salt tablets, which isn't that many in my opinion. My hands swelled so bad they hurt. I was out oh. of it. Fog after my run began to have the tilt to one side towards mile 14 or 15. Um, so so that sounds to me like a little bit more than dehydration. That sounds like under fueling, although it was incredibly hot. Like remember, depending on your personal sweat rate, you are going to need a lot more fluid. I think everybody needs a lot more liquid fluid than they think they need running. Like I truly do. And then... I've got to tell you, whatever is on the salt stick bottle is 
Like, I swear their recommendation is not for athletes because yeah. I can take so many of those. With no negative with effect. No ne- I sat at my desk and ate a, remember when the um, chews used to come in a roll? Yeah. I ate the whole 10-pack like roll. Yes, of the orange chews at my desk in like an hour. Nothing yeah. bad happened to me. Right. <laughs> like, I, well, um, and like, I don't know how early this person started taking salt. I don't know if they took any the day before. Preloading with, yep, preloading with it, electrolytes. It may have been that she started taking it later in the run. It was already like her body wasn't going to absorb it properly yeah. at that point. Um, and actually, this was a question my mom had. So, because it's been so hot <laughs> everywhere yeah. on the East Coast and probably the rest of the country. My mom went out for her. She goes out for like two miles. Like she runs twenty to thirty minutes. But that's yeah. But because but, of her pace, that's thirty. Yeah, minutes like for thirty two minutes. Miles. And so she goes and she goes at five p.m. I don't, mom. I don't know why you go at five p.m. But okay. <laughs> hey, that's what works, that's for, what her works for her schedule. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't don't. That's so hard. Evening it's running. So hard. So, but she got a headache. And so, and in their household, like, because, yeah, my dad is turning 87 this weekend. Happy birthday, dad. Aww. They do not do salt in their household. They're very, like, salt limiting because of my dad's heart, like, his uh, blood pressure and stuff like that. So, they do not do a lot of salt at all in their diet. So, I, I, Amazon, same day, my mom some salt stuff for, Good. you know, both to put you in her drink what, and also the salt, stick, the chewables. Now that she's running, I would actually say... Why does she should start salting her food? Honestly, I know that as long as she doesn't have blood pressure right. issues, she should just she liberally salt. liberally yes. salt uh, her food. Did I ever tell you? I'm sure I shared this on the podcast already. So I tried to be really healthy <laughs> when I was younger, and I stopped eating potato chips. Yes, and I started yeah, having so one. many pots issues. Yeah. Like I was getting super dizzy. I was blacking out, and my doctor's like, "Well, what? It, what have you changed?" Like right. I went to the doctor about this. Like this is. I was like, "Well, I'm eating really well. I'm doing like whole thirty, and or I wasn't doing whole thirty. I was like, I'm eating lots of fruits and vegetables. Clean. I'm eating like clean. clean, quote healthy. I stopped eating potato chips. She goes, "Do you salt your food?" And I was like, "No," and she's like. You need to start eating potato chips again. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. But so that's where the majority of my sodium was coming from because I never salted my food. Yeah, and so if you start out running and you haven't before, and like you know, or yeah. or you have never trained for a marathon before, it might be something that simple that like having a little bit more salt in your general diet may make up for it. But also, you know, having those having salt stick and having things for the runs, especially if yeah. you're going out at 5 p.m. or if you're going out and doing a 20 miler or 60 miler, this, you know, this particular person and starting earlier and definitely the day before. I've definitely and started taking a lot of it the day before. Pre-cooling and cooling during your run. So pre-cooling by getting yourself wet before you go out continuously to then splash water on yourself during these long runs, making sure that you're just really drinking, really fueling because you know, you can just get out of balance really easily. So you can either fuel with an electrolyte drink or with these salt salt pills. Um or a lot of gels have sodium and have mm-hmm. electrolytes in them. Remember, sodium is the important electrolyte here. Right. While there are minuscule amounts of other um, electrolytes that are lost through sweat, sodium is the most important one. And that's really going to be the one that's like, if you're lack, if you're lacking it, you're really going to have that swelling issues. And Swelling, the headaches, yeah. um, the fog that, you know, like the rest of the day, sometimes you can just be 
at a commission. I've definitely had that where I've done my long yeah. run. It was a hot day. And then the rest of the day I had, you know, headache and I just felt out of it. And it was like, I was worthless the rest of the day. And that's a big, big part of yeah. it was not taking enough salt during and not taking enough before. And because I didn't have, I wasn't consistently taking like salt stick until yeah. more recently when we've gotten better about it, making it part of our routine or regimen where we take it with us on our runs. Yeah. And I mean, I need to be better about taking the actual capsules. I just like the chews so much. So I like always want to eat the chews. But I mean, (laughs) I guess my solution would be swallow a pill and then eat a chew. Yeah. Bring (laughs) bring both. Because each chew, like you have to take four to equal one pill, which is like a bottle per run, which is fine with me. It tastes delicious. But... Um, you know, I, I probably need more sodium than I'm, I'm getting. And then the other thing that I have been monitoring recently with my Garmin is I bought the Garmin blood pressure monitor. Mm-hmm. And so that's something as you're increasing your sodium and you, you don't have to do this at home. You can do it at the grocery store for free. Monitor your blood pressure. Take a couple of blood pressures make sure that it is within normal ranges because Um, hypertension can be kind of sneaky. Um, but as an athlete, you're doing everything to protect against the external causes of hypertension. However, there are a lot of genetic factors, genetic factors that lead to people having hypertension for no other reason than it's in their genetics. Their genes are switched on in a way that they have hypertension. My sister, um, is relative, she does not like run, but she's relatively active. She walks all over the place, like hikes, like she's a tree gnome. <laughs> she's like always out in the yard, always like walking around and stuff. And she has like borderline high blood pressure. And my dad is probably one of like the fittest old men you'll meet. Like he's super lean. He is always out in the garden. He's actually relatively strong. And he has high blood pressure. Yeah. Like it's just. It is what it is. And his sister, same sort of weird, not weird personality, but the three of them are all the same. They're just <laughs> out in the fields, like, wanting to take, like, Laura has has horses and sheep, and so she's always, like, trucking up and down. Yeah. Um, the, the big hills moving, in England. Yeah. Like <laughs> stick moving. I move piles of sticks around on the property. I, this is why I need some more happiness in my life. I need to start moving sticks, apparently. Right. Although I do, because That's... Penny makes piles of sticks <laughs> and I move them. And I was just waving my hand around and I forgot to mention because yes, last week you... we talked about how it was Naomi's anniversary, and guess what? I got married the next Yay! day. Yay! And now Brian and I are married, and that's my that's official a, ring. That's so pretty. Is that one ring, or is it it's three separate three rings? three separate rings. So, so I will put pretty. a link to Star Wars Fine Jewelry, where I got my three Beautiful. separate rings. Aren't they cute? Yeah. And I can wear them, like, all together. Or right. It and then looks... when your engagement ring comes, you can always yeah. wear, like, one with it or yeah, actually, two with it. Yeah, actually, I tried it with the fake ring, and it looks really pretty like that mm-hmm. with then this one on this on side. Top. Yeah. Very pretty. So well, congratulations. Thank I'm you. so happy for you and Brian. And then um, I shared last week on the podcast that we had done an embryo transfer. And shh, because we haven't announced officially, but podcast listeners get to know I am pregnant. It's the most wonderful, exciting news ever. So so I got married and found out I was pregnant in the same week. (laughs) Yeah, it's been so amazing. Please keep it quiet because we haven't told everybody yet. But you can Um, tell friends to go listen to our podcast. Yes, you can tell people to listen to the podcast for for a special, exciting announcement. 
Um, but yeah, we haven't told everybody else yet. So, so um, exciting. Yeah. And your beta yesterday was it was so amazing. good. It was so, so high. Good. So I've so, had like, two beta really tests, good. and and now hopefully, like we're just waiting. Like next week, we'll have the third, and then I'll have like my dating scan, even though I like know already. Right. But you get um, to see the little bean on the, the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. It's very so cool. So exciting after such a long, So I'm sure we'll be talking... Journey. We'll talk a lot about running while pregnant because I am still at this point, as long as I get the okay from doctors, I'm still planning on running the Marine Corps Marathon. <laughs> Which is... Really awesome. But and also maybe a, crazy. A little, yeah, like a little anxiety causing, but I don't think, yeah, I know you shouldn't worry. And also. <sighs> and we're going to go slow. We're, gonna we're not, be, we're right. not going after nope. like a PR, like, no. you know, <laughs> the goal is to be 420X, 420X. And if <laughs> it's, Marine yeah, and if it's hot, low, slower, yeah. I'm. If it's we're, a hot day, well, the goal is to be five X X. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, really, really exciting. And yeah, yeah, we'll have to do you know some chit chat about. We actually have to do some training because well, so far I've yeah. only made it four miles. <laughs> no, did we do one? Did so we do six? On the weekend, we did do a um, a, a long run that included. Yes. On land plus in the we water. Did three on the wa- three on land and then on Saturday, yeah, we did three on the land, three on land, and then two out o- two hours of pool running. Two hours of pool running. It was a lot. It was a lot, and so that equated to in total about thirteen Four- to fourteen yeah. miles, um, of you know converting our time over for so the total amount there, you know, that's that puts us in a good place to now hopefully ramp up into a little more land running and then get to like where we can do a 17 and then a 20 yeah. and then a 23 and then we have race day because race yeah. day is like seven weeks away so it's gonna be great but um, so we're doing 17 this and weekend? then we did I think we're doing 10 this weekend okay and then 17 next weekend and I don't know how great. much of that'll be on land we'll see but this weekend if we can do 10 out of like yeah. actually on land I think that'll give us like like the I would even say we should try eight. to do 10 on land and then still go do another hour yeah. in the pool right after yeah like yeah, so, so yeah. we'll be, yeah, so we'll be, you know, doing this truncated, it's going to be essentially a eight-week marathon training plan, but we'll share all the details of that, because yeah. you've done it before, you did a six-week I week did plan. it for Boston, Six so. weeks, when we looked at it, we're like, oh, okay, so eight really feels <laughs> it's luxurious. <a> yeah, for <laughs> so Boston, much time. for Boston, I went out and ran a 13-miler, like, in the middle of the week, and then ran 17 that weekend. And then like, you did a nine, uh, did you t- 19 or 20, and then a 23, and that was, yep, and that was, that was the build. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be I okay. I did a down week in there too, but yeah, it was it was pretty and crazy. We, we even went and ran on Sunday, and we ran. Did we run? Five, so we ran both days this weekend, and the amazing thing was that my planter really didn't bother me, which is so. Exciting. We ran yesterday, and I walked around at you know work all day and everything else. And oh my god, yesterday was a long day because we had an IRS agent and and had an you know, examination all day, but um, for a client. And anyway, I had I don't know however many steps yesterday, 15,000, and my foot didn't hurt yesterday. And that was huge because a lot of times we'd run in the morning and I would go into work and, like, the rest of the day I'd be, like, cringing that I ran this morning and my foot hurts. And so Yeah, that's fantastic. So all the, like, worry that it didn't work, like, is – I mean, it did something. It did something. It maybe set me back or got me back to, like, we talked about maybe, like, late last year when I was, you know, able to train through it. Um, so I hope that you can stay at kind of this level right. through Marine Corps, and then possibly they might recommend do another round to get you over the hump. Possibly, yeah. And then what we Would did you? on Sunday of PRP, yeah, 
Probably, maybe. Like if if you could get like I just wish it wasn't so expensive. <laughs> How much is it? $825. Okay, after you've gone it. through infertility treatment. That doesn't sound like much anymore. It doesn't right? sound like anything because no. like I would literally go to the pharmacy for a week and a half's worth of meds and drop $8,000. Yeah, for literally 10 days oh, worth of meds. Yep, $8,000. Yeah. And then maybe have to go back and get a new another $2,000 worth to finish the cycle. And that just says, so. yeah, our healthcare system is broken and IVF treatment really needs to yeah. be covered. And my, my ovarian PRP was 3500 so... Mm. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. So, it sounds like I should definitely get another if it's, you yeah. know. Um, so, and then on Sunday, we actually were really, really smart. We wanted to run. Oh, it was so good. It was hot. And we did three miles. Yeah. Three miles. We used to say, oh, three miles. Like, that doesn't count. It's too short. Yeah. And we cut ourselves and we said, you know what? We actually felt really good at that point. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could run another 10 my miles. My heart rate I felt was, a, I felt good, you felt but a little my heart rate was, was from high. And you know what it is, is that pregnancy. I'm getting used to, <laughs> I'm getting used to kind of be like this breathless feeling. Yeah, the pregnancy um, breathless. Yeah. And then also like just my heart rate being slightly elevated, which I'm sure I'm going to get used to. Yeah, like, you do. I mean, in the first trimester, it feels harder. The breathlessness feels very sudden and yeah. Weird, and then which that was actually my very first symptom. Yeah, I was like climbing the stairs, and I was like, (gasps) "Yeah, like what is going on?" And Brian's like, "You're fine. Like you're reading into this. It's not actually a thing. It is pregnancy, is what. Well, it's like before we found out, he's like, "You just think it is." I was like, "No, (laughs) I'm sure that this is what it is," and I was right. And it has been, yeah. Um, yeah. So we we were really smart and cut ourselves short, and so yeah. So we'll. We'll keep you guys updated on our, our training. Now, we did go for a long walk back, which yes. was, again, a way to extend the time on our feet. Right. Which, remember, when it comes to marathoning, time on your feet matters as much as pace. If you have the ability to run, like, like okay, let's use something like this Slate Magazine calculator or a first marathon calculator, not Vita, not McMillan. Right. So if you're saying like looking at that and you're taking you've had the fitness for a half you've recently done a half or a 10 miler then you can with your current fitness do that slower marathon that those calculators predict with just the training on your feet even if you don't practice that speed so that goes back to that other question how are you going to do that pace the whole time you will be able to do it, especially if you start out conservatively. Like, this is all, like, these calculators are based on millions of people. Now, VDOT is saying at peak shape. Right. You're able to do that at fully trained for the distance you're able to do it. That's McMillan, too. At fully trained for the distance, this is what this equivalency time and, is. And fully trained is 80 90% of your training plan. So if you've got a coach or you're following a plan you know, it's 80-90% is actually is actually what you should be striving for. It's not and it's nailing not, every single And it's not workout. finish 80% of the distance. No. It's not you have a 20-mile run and you do 16 of it. That's not 80%. Right. right. You Good have point. to do, <laughs> like if you have a 20-mile run, you have to be on your feet for 20 miles. Yeah. Period. At if and you can only run to 16, add a four mile walk, people. 
Also, you probably ran that 16 too fast. Slow yeah. down. Slow, 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 slow. Put a four-mile walk at the beginning of your runs. I know that means that you're pushing it into later in the day, but let me tell you, your dog will be really happy if you go on a four-mile walk with them <laughs> or even like a two-mile yeah. walk before you go out for your run and all that time matters. <laughs> she heard us say walk. Penny's like, times. what? Doing? <laughs> that, was, that was actually one of the questions that I was going to touch on. So um, oh, the person great. writes, long run fail today, Aww. which it makes me so sad. Made it to 14 and walked another two, but had 18 on the plan. Feeling a little discouraged, but I'll get it next weekend. Now that I have a question about. But so she, what she should have done is she got to 14. She walked two. That gets her to 16. She wanted to do her 18. She should have walked two more. And here's how to do it. Because you're, you've done your 14 and you're feeling discouraged because you have 18 on the plan and you can only muster doing two. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier to walk two more miles with a bag of chips in your hand. So <laughs> yes. go get a bag of chips. Go mm-hmm. get a soda. Get a snack. Okay? Get chips and soda. Chips and soda make two miles fly by yeah. so fast. Yeah. Because I guarantee part of what made that fail at 14 was Fuel. exhaustion from being underfueled. You add in some high-calorie, big payoff, happy tongue fuel, like... <laughs> then it's going to be easy to get the rest of those miles. So we're not, and we're not just saying this to say this. We practice this. Oh, yeah. This happens to us on our long runs. And we have found that the cure is literally just having a few dollars with you or a debit card, going to CVS. Yep. You can pause or keep your watch running, whatever you want to do. Walk into the store, CVS 7-Eleven, grab your chips, grab your soda. and And keep going. Keep going. And we've done it we've as done early it. into a run as like we had a 20, did we do 26 or 23? Yeah. And we went in as early as 16 yep. and we got chips. And it was the boost we needed. Oh, it was amazing. It, it was, was incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, and especially when, when you've already decided I'm going to walk it in, like go ahead and, and make that walk feel good. Yeah. And like I said, and the, you know, before actually knowing that this was a question we were answering, adding that like if you because it probably there's also a mental aspect to it. Mm-hmm. If you are chronically cutting runs short yeah. because you're getting into your head about it, by loading those miles on your feet ahead of time with a walk, that will help you get over that mental health, um, hump. Also, guys, it's just running. It's just <laughs> running. It's not that big a deal. Nobody cares about your paces. Absolutely no one. Yeah. No one cares about your finish time. Absolutely no one. No one cares about the fact if you drop eight minutes or 30 seconds slower. Nobody cares. The only person that cares is you. Yeah. So just enjoy, figure out a way to enjoy this process and not get hung up on those numbers and metrics of running. Yeah. It's so much easier said than done, though, because I've been there, too. And I will tell you, this is how much nobody cares. Everybody was like, so, like... Way back in my Nike Plus days, and I would post my, you know, average time on all my runs, and all my runs were in the 11s. Everybody would be like, great job, great job, great job, great job. And it wasn't until I ran a sub four that people are like, wow, how did you do that? (laughs) They're like, we see all your, how did you do that? And like, they just wanted to know what I was doing. 
Um, whereas like these are people who are all running like nines, eights, nines on all of their training runs and they've yet to break the four hour barrier, which again is so mental because once you break it once, it's very, it's so much easier to do again. Same with Boston qualifying. Like these are mental barriers that are bigger than they are physical barriers because if there weren't these things, then you would just see this like kind of over time linear progression and you bounce up and down along the line and like it doesn't feel that big of an accomplishment. But as soon as you put like a line there, like of like four hours or boss BQ, right. like all of a sudden you can get in your head about that line. It has, yeah, often you've given it power. Yeah. And that's what, you know, so you have to kind of figure out a way to take that away. Actually, that's, so that's perfect. We're just talking <laughs> mental tricks. This is the next question. Oh, great. What's the mental tricks you all use to get out of a funk? I could just, I could not find the energy, motivation to get out there and do my 17 mile run. I got up, got dressed, had all my stuff ready to go. But the thought of going out in a, had me in a panic for some reason. This, Aww. I feel this. It's like that overwhelming, like, I can't do this today. We did that a few times this spring where mm-hmm. we were like, we, it was a Saturday morning. We got up. We had 23 miles. And we're like, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, not her first marathon, but, you know, the long, and not the longest she's run, but just, and that's how we felt this spring. It wasn't yeah. our first marathon at all, but it was, it felt like overwhelm of having to go out and do that. Oh, that distance is scary, so right? So what do you, what do you say to this? Because well, I feel like I've answered a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. The one thing is, you know, to just start, first of yeah. all, to, you know, not Get overthink it, just start. And then when you're out there, it's, it really is, and this is really what I use is really just, is really running the mile you're in. Yeah. Each mile, letting it just, you know. Allow yourself, allow yourself to turn around at any point. Hey, yes. I'm just going to go permission. one mile and then make the decision. Yep. Give yourself right? permission. Go. And then you're like, oh, I'll just go 20 minutes. I'll just go 30 yeah. minutes. And and, and knowing that, like, and then at a certain point, you do start to feel better. Like, yeah. for us, it's, like, somewhere between 45 and 70 minutes. And, and if all you're, of a we start to feel better. And if you're not feeling better, go ahead and bail on it. Here's yeah. the thing. Your training plan, you can readjust. You can try try it again later. Either the next, if you cut that run to 20 or 30 minutes, you can try it again the next day. Try it again in two days. Most plans, you can skip one long run and just jump right back into your plan. Mm-hmm. Like, so, or move it, like, let's say you had a down week the following week, you can move that 17 miler to the down week. Um, I would also say that if you're really struggling with the training, remember why you're running a marathon. Like, go over all the reasons why you're running. Like, I'm running because it's something I want to accomplish. Find those, like, inner reasons, those I reasons, and not the I'm doing this for others. Now, I will tell you also for me, one of the biggest things and one of the reasons why one of my most successful training cycles are actually when I'm not running for myself and when I am running with team and training. Right. So if you're struggling with a lot of motivation and you've been running for yourself for a while and like you're not anxiously caught up in the numbers of it, you're just struggling with like the like the process of it, try something different. Try something like running for charity because it gives new meaning. Like it gives yeah. like like kind of this extra value. It can ignite a spark within you. Um, it can also give you a training group. So try running with other people. That was the other advice Jeff gave me because I remember in spring of 2019 when we were training for Mountains to Beach and I think you had... You had Ragnar Richmond, mm-hmm. and you were going to do, 
Like there for some reason there were like three weekends or right, two weekends where we, where we were training together. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of feeling a little bleh about my training. And Jeff said, go run with other people and run different places and just kind of like find some different yep. to get you motivated. And it really worked. Like I ran a trail event. I ran, you know, with with different friends. And so yeah. just try to mix it up a little bit. Don't get so worried about it. Because here's the thing. If it's not your first marathon, like experience matters too. Your training plan, it's not... It's not the the only road to the race. Right. Yeah. And last summer I did, because, um, yeah, again, we weren't trained together last fall. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I took, I had my husband one time, I had him drop me off in Percival and ran right. home. Another time I, or two other times at least, I ran from our house um, to D.C. and then took the metro home. And actually one time you picked me up. But yeah. it was, you know, I did something that was be because I knew I was going to be doing it alone, those miles slogging alone. And for me, the only way to have me complete that and and not be miserable was to have some reason that besides for the reasons that I was running which there right. were a lot of reasons too but also just to give myself um a motivating thing for that run so stopping for chips is our is yeah. our new one but something that's going to like pull you along to where you're like okay cool at whatever mile I'm going to go you know grab my chips or I'm going to go see this you know landmark if you can run to something which is yeah. really cool um and then yeah having those those whys, like, is there someone, is there someone in your life that you're running for because they can't, or, you know, you can always find a why and, and, you know, you can, you get to do this now and you may not always be able to. And so like, there's just, you know, it's just kind of reflecting back and looking at the big picture of what's, why you're out here doing this, because it's not just, you know, it, it shouldn't be just for a finished time. You can also use silly things like, um, like go for your run with your, and make sure you have your phone with you and say, I'm going to try to take pictures of 27 flowers, yeah. 27 different flowers, or like f- figure out if you have friends who aren't training for a marathon, see if you can have different friends join you along your run. And that's what I did a lot in the fall of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. when I was training, like Naomi was pregnant and so she would join me for the end of runs. Um, so sometimes I would have another friend run like the beginning with me and then I'd right. like go over to Naomi and she'd run the end. Or sometimes we'd have um, uh, like I would have a 20 miler. So I would have one friend do 10 with me and the yes. other friend do 10. And so there's lots of different ways to mix it up. And, you know, it can be as simple as someone just joining for two miles. Like Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, we do that with uh, your Boston build. That's because right. I wasn't doing a full at the time and um, for that spring. And I did like 11 with you when yeah. you were doing like 20-something. So I know. And you did the first she did the first parts of the run with me. Was it? Which is hard oh, when no. then you're going then off you're, by yourself you for by the yourself. rest. But it's fine. I actually do. Like for me, that actually does great. And then I think it's I It's a motivator still. So. Um, I joined you for like four miles when I was yes. like coming back. When I had fall. 26. Yeah, so and she was, was doing her her um, fall build, and I literally was only up to four miles yeah, last fall, last which fall. is, like, incredible to think that a year later, like, I'm going <laughs> to – like, that we did a full, actually, this past spring. Right. It was – I mean, four miles, like, spent me, yeah. too, which is, like – it's crazy. Yeah. The fitness comes back, though. It it's, always comes back. Right. It's not, you gotta, you know, 
take a step back and look at yeah. like the big picture because you get too hyper focused in those in the training cycle and in, yeah. you know, so yeah. So I think, um, I don't know. I think those are really good advice for this. Men- now, what are there any other mental tricks? We'll have to go look at Jeff's books because he has great mental um, tricks. Using but... mantras. Yes. Like just using like little sayings like, to get yourself out there. I like, can do this. I can do this. Or if it's better to have Speed it in third pa- person. Like push power glide or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm so, and even lying to yourself. I'm so lucky to get to run today. Yeah. Like I'm so lucky to get to run. Or, I get to go to Chewy's when I'm done. That is often my like motivation, which I am a big, I do not run for donuts. I do not run for tacos. I'm allowed to eat whatever I want right. as long as it's gluten free because I have celiac disease. But there is no, like, I don't have to exercise to earn my food. But Chewy's is not cheap to order delivery of. So I do have to exercise to earn the, like, to, Allow myself to spend the fifty dollars on lunch for myself. <laughs> yeah, for that's a good person. point. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so for some delivery fees, <laughs> some motivating factors, and yeah. then and then yeah, I really like mantras. And I really like the you know giving yourself all those like pep talks throughout your run and we forgot, lying to yourself. We forgot the best way to motivate yourself. For a long run that you don't want to do, and it is wear a skirt from Sparkle Athletic That's because right. everyone will cheer for you along the way. That's absolutely true. You look so cute. We love your skirt. Oh, love is there is there a race up? today? Like people ask, what are you dressed up for? Um, oh, we got mistaken for cheerleaders. Once. <laughs> it's the best forty-year-old cheerleaders. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a 40-year-old pregnant cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, wear, you know, wear something fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, pick, pick wear something. Wear a shirt that says, cheer for me, I'm running a really long right? distance. Like, right. Pick something that's yeah. going to, like, you know, excite you about that day. So, yeah, it's getting Chewy's after. It's putting um, flavored, you know, stuff in your bottle. So there's yeah. something yummy there. And, you know, pick some little small things along the way that'll that'll be exciting for you. Yeah. Um, but just remember, like, marathoning is something that you chose to do. Yeah. And, and you get to do. And also, like, as you're training for this marathon, remember that on race day, you will thank yourself if you are more prepared. It is – go and more prepared. Minimum 70 to, 70% of your training runs done. Um, winding up for a marathon unprepared is foolish. It is – and it's not that you can't finish. You can. It's that after the race, you will be at a higher risk of things like stress fractures and injuries that are going to take longer to heal because part of training is getting those muscles and those ligaments yeah. ready for race day. Yeah, putting that load on them over and over and over, stressing them over and over build and over. Them up. Now, yes. While you're doing that and then you have race day, then it's important to recover for the same reason you've kind of like stressed them to their max. Break everything down. And now they need to recover. Going, I I know people do it. They run 10 miles as part of their marathon build and they show up on race day and they just do it. If you're under 30, great. You're over 30, like it's possible you're over 30 don't do it don't do it you're just asking for something something bad to happen it's the kind of the same thing you know I did multiple distance events back to back in uh 2016 
and ended up with a stress reaction in my foot that had me out for six weeks before Dopey. So from yeah. Thanksgiving to Christmas, I was completely out. And then I went it's into Dopey anyway. miracle that anyway. you could do Dopey. And I know. It was, it was, I. And didn't turn it into a complete uh, break. We were, it, we were really, really lucky. That was the year, 2017 was the year that the half was canceled. Right. So we just ran really slow around the resort. And I think that really saved me. And then that's when I realized, like, I didn't want to be in that kind of position again. I didn't want, I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to say no to doing back-to-back events. So I knew that I needed to adjust my training to be ready for them. And that's when I started doing back-to-back long runs. And in order to do back-to-back long runs, I cut my weekly, my weekday mileage. So at the time I was running Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays. That's it. Yeah. So instead of like doubling your mileage all of a sudden, right. you had to, you know, cut somewhere else so that you were only and building I was, up. I was running 30, 30 to 40 miles a week. Right. Doing three runs a week, but yeah. doing them like that instead of doing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I just loaded my weekends so that I could be ready for those Ragnar type events because that's what I wanted Multi-day to Multi-day events. Yeah. Because they're really, really fun. They are really fun. I would love to. I want to do another Ragnar like road ultra. I I really like them, but I just love running on the road, especially from one place to another point to place. Point. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of running little loops. Right. So yeah, no, the point to points are great. Um. Well, yeah, I think those are some good yeah. questions and answers that we hopefully help out somebody yeah. out there. I actually thought of another really fun way to motivate yourself. It's like. If, and I, but I don't want to tie it to distance, but let's say you, you know how like back when you're younger, you'd have like a a jar that's like your vacation saving up jar or your special thing saving up jar. Maybe when you complete each of these workouts or whatever, you put like some dollar amount that's equivalent to like, let's say, yeah, you had a 20 miler, you have to put in, you know, it's $20, $20 or $10. I love the idea of putting a dollar. I love the idea of putting a dollar a mile that you run throughout the year into a jar. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, except that I don't want it to be then all about the miles. But I like right. the idea of that you – this Ooh. is like this little thing you're thinking about. Like this is my vacation fund okay. that I'm just funding a little bit at a time. What about – But it's a reward too. What about $10 for a completed activity on your training plan? Right. Including rest days. So it's essentially $10 a day. <laughs> right. But that way it's like this little motivator. And so yeah. maybe you can think about whatever that big ticket is, that thing you want to do, vacation or something else, and kind of put little – how about target. this? You have to earn your rest days, and your rest days are the days you put money in. So it's it's all about the go. rest days, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, sure, you run your 20-miler, but because of the way that your training plan goes, you have a rest day before and a rest day after, you're still getting the $20, but it wasn't for the 20-miler. Right. It was for the two rest days. <laughs> like, yeah. how and, – and, like, you could use some sort of, like, metric, like your Garmin metric right. to say, did you actually recover – then you earn the money because that's that's where it's at. You a rest day brags jar. There you go. The rest day brags jar. I like that. Ooh, we're gonna have to figure this out because I really like the idea of like paying for a vacation using my rest. Using days. your running and your rest days as a uh, yeah. you know as your hi dog something. I think dog is ready to go out. Yeah. Um. But just remember that running is something that you get to do, and this is like you should have. <laughs> I know, Penny. 
I know. I know. And dog walks are something you get to do. Yeah. <laughs> These are all things that, that you chose to do and for a reason. So try to tap back into that reason why. Even if that reason is your friend <laughs> roped you into it. If your friend roped you into it, make, make sure that friend is training with you. Um, and don't ever be afraid to decide not to do a race if it's not yeah. physically healthy for you to do. I know that there's a lot of pressure. Well, I signed up for it. I don't want to lose the registration fee. I don't want to let people down. People are not paying that much attention. Your body and your health is more important. And here's the thing. Let's say you sign up for Marine Corps Marathon and you have not been training and you don't have the base fitness or the whatever to get to race day healthy. Now we're telling you there's a possibility you could still do it at this point because we're trying. <laughs> but there are other half marathons around the same time or yeah. shortly after that you can pivot to. Richmond half is a great mm-hmm. alternative option. Just because everybody else is running a marathon doesn't mean you have to run a marathon. Yeah. You can run a 10K. You can run yes. a half. There's no shame in any distance. And sometimes a failed marathon training cycle could be a fantastic 10K training cycle. Right. Right? So just because maybe you didn't hit your long runs, but let's say your paces were looking pretty good, pivot to the 10K at Marine Corps. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And then maybe you will have that little bit of FOMO that then inspires you to be ready and actually prepare yourself the following year. Right. Exactly. So also, 10K is hard. It's a hard distance. <laughs> it is a hard distance. It's a hard distance. Well, I think we will let you guys go because so, we're like at our over an hour point at this point. And uh, please keep sending us questions. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, it's secret still. Probably, it won't be for long because I'm a blabbermouth. <laughs> Yay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.